0: very enthusiastic and excited about the results they were receiving. They began pulling more and more richer ore from the earth and so excited about the uh, amount of wealth that they're pulling from the ground each and every day. They didn't want to stop. They didn't want to pause. They didn't want to take time to, to go and adequately prepare for the coming winter or prepare to shut the mine down and go down out of the mountains for the winter and come back in the spring. And so they just continued to try and get as much gold as they could each day, realizing that the chances of a blizzard were, were fast approaching and bad weather was, could come at any time. And, and they were gathering this gold, and, and the drive and push for more and more gold kept them there. And sure enough, the first blizzard was a bad one. It stranded them up in the mountains, and without having taken the means to adequately prepare for winter, they had no means to live out the winter where they were, nor could they get back to civilization because they were stranded behind great snowdrifts. The miners stopped and paused and wrote down a little note about the folly of their foolishness. And in the spring, when their frozen bodies were found, laying dead on top of their pile of gold, from their pocket was taken the note, and those prospectors that found them and all their gold read how the desire for the acquisition of more and more wealth That thing that was supposed to give them the best life ended up costing them their life. If you have a study Bible or a Bible that has any type of heading, you know that in Matthew chapter 6 verses 19 and on or 19 through 24 is a passage dealing with treasure specifically with laying up treasure either here on earth or up in heaven would you look at it with me and follow along as i read these verses matthew chapter 6 verses 19 through 24 he says lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The light of the body is the eye and if therefore thine eye be single, the whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, the whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the Light that is in thee be darkness. How great is that darkness. No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other. Or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. This passage of scripture and the thoughts that are presented here are near and dear to my heart. As you all know, from my testimony that it was my life's ambition. It was my desire as a young man to be very wealthy. You know, it was my goal. That's what I desired. That's what I wanted to do. There was little else that I was thought was worthy of my time or interest. I, I wanted to pursue the accumulation of this world's wealth, and at cost of anything else, nothing else really mattered. I saw myself in that position and was prepared and ready to go after it. That was my desire. But as you know, God changed my desire. My life's verse is taken from this passage a few verses down. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. You see, God began to change what I wanted from this life, the passion and goals that I had. Slowly, as I began to grow as a Christian, God changed my desire little by little. First of all, I went from feeling that my life's goal and ambition was, of course, my own personal happiness. And I felt that the accumulation of wealth is what was going to achieve that. And I was willing to sacrifice anything else to get it. I went from that mindset to the mindset that I wanted to be filthy rich. But I wanted to honor and please God. Now, those two are not mutually exclusive. I don't think it is possible. If it were God's will, you could be a very wealthy man. And honor and please God with your life and with your substance. And that's what I wanted to do. (laughs) I thought, Lord, this is your will for me. Amen. I'm going to get to achieve my dream, and I'm still going to honor and please you, Lord. That's what I want to do. Because I I didn't want to just be a wealthy businessman. I wanted to be a godly businessman. I wanted to be a man that honored and pleased God and used his wealth to further the gospel and and fund ministries. And I had all kinds of dreams and aspirations of what I was going to accomplish with the wealth that God was going to give me. Amen. Amen. That's what I wanted. But beloved, as time went on and I began to grow more in my faith and my understanding of the Word of God and my relationship with Christ, he changed my desire further to where what I wanted was to honor and please him and then have and enjoy whatever he brought into my life. And that is when I adopted as my life verse, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Because that progression of growth in my life brought me to the place where, for me, my entire focus changed. And I wanted to honor and please God first, and then whatever God would bring into my life, whatever blessing he saw fit to to bestow upon me, then I would enjoy those things and and know, because ultimately, if you go all the way back to the beginning, what it was about was I wanted to be happy. And I felt that the accumulation of wealth is what would do that. But as I went through that progression and that change in my heart, I understood that in honor and pleasing God, I would be happy. And God could bless me how He sees fit. Tonight, I am asking of you the question where is your treasure? Where is your treasure? This passage of scriptures is not unfamiliar to the majority of the people in this room. I think these truths have been shared, and I think you have a working understanding and knowledge of the scriptures. I want you to see, first of all, in verses 19 through 20, these two verses, that there is an intrinsic requirement given to us here. It's a twofold instruction that he gives us. There's both the uh, positive side and the negative side in actually the opposite order. The negative side comes first and then the, the positive side comes. But in verse 19, he tells us, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth. That word lay up means to store up, means to gather. It means to save. It means to, you know, to, to put away, to, to try and, and save up, to have an accumulation. That isn't that the definition of treasure? In and of itself, I mean, to to accumulate and gather and to have something of value, that is a treasure. That's that's what you have, and and who doesn't enjoy treasure? I contemplated telling you stories of people that found treasure in their houses, but you know that's one of my dreams too. So we're <laughs> not going to go there. But uh, you know, this idea of finding treasure and having treasure, it's it's. It's something of value, intrinsic value that we have in laying up and storing of something. The accumulation and the stockpiling of this world's wealth is problematic. I'm going to expound on that a little more in a moment, but I want you to understand that God is not condemning personal property or the enjoyment of his blessing on your life. He's not condemning that. It is God, according to Deuteronomy 8.18, it says, God giveth thee power to get wealth. So the getting wealth or being blessed of God and him putting his blessing on your life in one means or capacity or another, there is nothing wrong with that. That's not what he's saying here, that you should not have or hold anything. In 1 Timothy six seventeen, he says that it is God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. So I think his blessing on our life, it's okay if we enjoy those things that he's blessed us with. Not only that, we are instructed very clearly in the Word of God. When He blesses us, it's our job, our duty, our responsibility to provide for our family. We are to be good stewards, and it's wise to plan for the future. It's wise to make good and smart investments with that which God has given you, to take your uh, means and capacity and, and share and help those that are less fortunate, and to support His work. But the problem is already clearly stated in the text here. You see, earthly treasure is defiled. He uses the word here in the text. He said that they're subject to corruption. That word, moth and rust, doth corrupt. Corrupt means to disfigure, to spoil, to render unusable. You know, a soft cloth in the closet the moth corrupts it. The moth gets in there and, and begins to eat away at it. You know, what's amazing is that the moth does not get into the clothes that you're wearing. The moth doesn't get into those clothes that you're using. The moth settles in and begins to eat in those clothes that you've laid up. In hopes that one day you'll fit in them again. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> you see, I know because I have some of those in my closet. <laughs> I understand that completely. I've got a suit I haven't worn in 10 years. You guys are going to see it, and you're like, Man, Pastor Caleb, you got a new suit. No, I didn't. I just fit back in an old one. <laughs> but you know, you got these things that, that are laid up, they're, they're, they're there, they're in storage, and the moth gets in, and that little soft cloth, he eats it away. And then, and then you go to the other extreme, and he describes that, that something so hard as steel. And yet rust eats it away. It's amazing. We have that log splitter that we built and it was painted so beautifully and looks so nice and we go out and we use it. And of course, the log scrapes the paint off, right? And then you have this bright, shiny metal where the logs w- went by and scraped it. And you know, just in a few days, you go down there and it looks like an old rusty piece of equipment. It's all, all that steel that was exposed to the weather is all covered with rust. In just a few days, It was all painted and then it was really shiny as the wood scraped across it and it's all just a bare metal exposed and then rusted up. Moth and rust doth corrupt. Earthly treasures, beloved, not only are they defiled, but they disappear. Proverbs 23, verse number five says, Wilt thou thou set thine eyes upon that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away. As an eagle toward heaven. I mean, I know everybody here knows that. <laughs> the riches fly away. We've all been there and thought, man, where did that money go? Right. Like, I just had a check and it was the bank was, the, I mean, we just deposited it. How can it be gone already? Just these things in this world just eat it up, it just flies away, it's just gone. Not only that, he tells us here that they're subject not only just to disappearing, but they disappear sometimes because of theft. It can be stolen. Last year, well, (laughs) yeah, in 2021, $56 billion were lost to identity theft. Just identity theft, $56 billion. Last year, major retailers in the United States, I'm sorry, in 2019, major retailers in the United States lost $62 billion from thefts of the stores. They call it shrinkage. They call it the cost of doing business. But you know the cost of all that gets passed on to the honest consumer? As I was reading some of these numbers, I was just thinking, man, we, would, we wouldn't have a financial crisis in America if people just would be honest. Right. I mean, we wouldn't have inflation. We could lower the prices and, and people would still be making money. because They're, got, they're trying to cover all the theft. Yeah. There's people in here that have been subject to theft. They've had things stolen. They've had their identity stolen. They've lost money through scams and so on. You know, beloved, it's not that earthly treasure is bad. It's just stupid. He's describing for us the fact that it's going to be defiled. It's going to disappear. It's going to go away. I think about the time and effort invested in building a sandcastle on the beach. You think about all of the work, all of the time, and, and working so hard, and maybe you're not quite done, and that wave comes in a little bit too far, and you'll see the kids, they'll be like, no, 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 like trying to stop the wave. And the wave comes up there and oh, man, just like that, it's gone. And that's what happens when we invest so much time, energy and effort in the accumulation of this world's wealth. No one in their right mind would invest in a losing proposition. Well, that's what we're doing when we invest in this world, in this life. We're investing in a losing proposition. Proposition. The Bible is very clear that even if you're able to hold on to it for now, you're not going to be able to take it with you. At the end, it's all going to be gone. You're going to lose it at death for sure. At the, at the very least, that's going to happen then. You can't take it with you. you. You can get buried with it like the ancient pharaohs did, but you and I both know they don't have any of that in their next life. One of two things, either they're in heaven or they're in hell, but they're not taking anything in this world into it. Proverbs 46, I'm sorry, Psalms 49, 16 and 17 says, Be not thou afraid when one is made rich, when the glory of his house is increased. For when he dieth, he shall carry nothing away. He shall carry nothing away. We know we're not going to take it with us. So that's the negative side of there, but there is a positive side as well. In verse number 20, he tells us there, not just don't, but then in verse 20, he says, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through and steal. Our investment in eternity made in heaven lasts for eternity. There's only two options, beloved. You're either laying up Treasure here on earth or you're laying up treasure in heaven. And so I ask you tonight, where is your treasure? Where is your treasure? Could I ask you a hypothetical question? What if somebody came to you this evening and they came to Hunt Valley Baptist Church, a very, let's say he was a world-renowned economist, and we introduced him and gave you his PhDs and all the letters behind his names and all of his accolades and told you who he was. And then he stood up here and he said, "I want you to know that this time next week, uh, the American dollar is going to be worth two cents. That's all it's going to be worth. In one week, it's all. It's all. Any any dollars you have are only going to be worth two cents. I'm telling you this now, so you've got a week. Do what you want to do. How many of you go out and collect as many dollars as you could?" No, we would be taking our dollars and exchanging them in this next week for anything we could with intrinsic value. Right. Because ultimately we know those dollars are nothing. Well, Randy Alcorn says this, As a Christian, you have inside information on the eventual worldwide upheaval caused by Christ's return. This is the ultimate insider tip. Earth's currency will become worthless when Christ returns or you die. And either could be at any moment. This earth's currency, all these things, ultimately are going to be of no value. So where is your treasure? You've been given an inside a tip. You know that the investment in heaven is secure. It's something that will last for eternity. Where are you investing tonight? Where are you putting your treasure? You can start tonight laying up treasure in heaven. He gives us an inevitable result. He tells us, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. It's a supernatural phenomenon. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. You know, beloved, you will tend to support that which you love. That's a fact. Some of you do not like McDonald's. No, I like McDonald's. My dad likes McDonald's. But my mom does not like McDonald's. She thinks the food is terrible. So dad and I go to McDonald's by ourselves. (laughs) What I'm saying is we could look at your checkbook and uh, your credit card and there is no purchases from McDonald's in there because you have no love for McDonald's. You know, you could look at my credit cards for the last year And there is no purchases for any kind of hunting gear. There's nothing there for hunting in any way. Uh, There's nothing there for fishing. There's no needle or thread. There's no sewing gear. These are not things that I have passion for. Tech and tools, that's where my my money's going. You you can look. What I'm saying is we can look at any one of our credit cards and we can see where our heart is. The areas in which we have interest. You know, a large portion of my credit card, you would see is in these few people that are down here and the few that are off at college. (laughs) Another large portion of what's on my bank statements is this facility, this church, this church family. Where is your treasure tonight? He says there's an inevitable result. Not only are you going to tend to support that which you love, but there is an aspect here in which that which you give towards, you're going to love. It's kind of a perpetual, one of those perpetual engine, those machines. You start to give towards something, and you will start to love it more. You know, some of you have no love for Tesla. I could care less whether you do or don't. I'm not a Tesla promoter, okay? But you know I like Tesla. Now, I like their cars, but I have a secondary motive. I'm invested in Tesla. (laughs) I have some money invested in Tesla. So I want to see the company succeed. Because that's good for me ultimately. I do not like at all this uh, new program that they're putting out from the government. You know, I wish they would let free market do what it's supposed to do. I don't like the government funding stuff. They don't need to be spending all this money. If something's a good product, it'll sell. They don't need to subsidize it with tax dollars. So I don't like all this stuff pushing green. But from the standpoint of my investments, (laughs) it's good for me. (laughs) I mean, it's good for Tesla. Now, I don't think I wouldn't bother me if they actually I would prefer that they took it away because I don't think these tax credits for, you know, buying green cars and all those types of things are what we need to be doing with government money. But what I'm saying is I have an interest in this. Why? Because I put some money in there. And you know, when you begin to put some money into something, your heart begins to get connected to it. You know, over the years, there's been people that have, for one reason or another, decided that they were not going to be a part of Hunt Valley Baptist Church anymore. And they ended up moving or leaving. Do You know, many times when that happens, you could go back and see six months, eight months, maybe even a year or more before they left, they stopped giving. They stop supporting the work here it 's amazing because in my mind i don 't look at the giving, but in my mind, I think, oh no i mean i 'm human we 've got bills to pay. Somebody leaves the church and i 'm looking, oh no, they're faithful people they 're gone and and, and now they 're their portion of the income of the church family that's helping to support the work and get the work done here, um, is not, now it's gone. And do you know how many times that somebody leaving has not changed the income at all? What I'm saying is that they usually, they stop supporting it because they stop loving it a lot earlier. Where is your treasure tonight? There's a sad problem. You see, you can set your affection on things down here. You can set your goal on the acquisition and the accumulation of this world's wealth. And ultimately, the end of that is only sorrow. There's a rich man in Matthew chapter 19, verses 20 and 22. He says, the young man saith unto him, all these things have I kept from my youth up. What lack I yet? Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell that thou house, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. But when the young man heard this saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. The accumulation of this world's wealth just brought sorrow. He had great possessions, but he had no investment, no treasure in heaven Where's your treasure tonight? You see, he tells us about an individual regard that's here in the text. In verse 22, he says, The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, the whole body shall be full of light. You see, God is saying that there's no way to live in darkness and in light. He's saying you can't have it both ways. When you see the truth, when you understand the truth, of the Word of God, that the accumulation of this world's wealth is not going to bring happiness, not going to bring satisfaction or fulfillment, but we can lay up treasure in heaven. He says, you got, you got to have it one way or the other. Either thy eye is going to be full of light and the whole body is going to be filled with light, or thine eye, he says, is going to be filled with evil and the whole body will be filled with darkness. It's one or the other. When you are focused on it, That's what you're going to do. This is dealing with spiritual sight, with the ability to see that this world is just passing away and one day is going to burn up with a fervent heat. You'll have an individual regard for the things of God. One problem in America, in American Christianity, is that Christians have lost their individual regard. or actually they've lost the truth of the word of God, that there is an individual regard that is inevitable. You see, too many Christians believe that they can have both. They are deceived by Satan to believe that they can have all the light and all the joy, and all the blessing, and all the satisfaction of pursuing God, but yet still have all this world has to offer. But see, God says here, that that doesn't happen. You can't have bulls because there is an immutable rivalry here. He says no man can serve two masters. It's not going to happen. You're either going to be doing one or the other. You're deceiving yourself if you think that you can have all of God's blessing and all the light from the from the truth of the word of God and be spiritually minded and focused on heaven and yet be so attached to this world. It doesn't happen. You can't have it both ways. It is an unchanging rivalry between these two. Beloved life is about choices. Jesus is explaining that behind this choice of where you lay up your treasure is more of a basic choice between two masters. Who are you going to serve? For you cannot serve God and mammon. He gives to us the inevitable results, he says, for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. But you can't serve God and Mammon. It's going to be one or the other. It's an inevitable result from this rivalry that's between these two. You see, beloved, something happens when you begin to pursue the accumulation of wealth. When that becomes a focus of your life, the gathering of goods, other things take a back seat. You see that verse we read just a minute ago about the singleness of our mind, the, the focus of our eyes. You begin to go after that and other things, like family, like your faith. Other things begin to take a back seat. You become consumed with the acquisition of more goods. You fall in love with the desire to acquire. Where the Lord never condemns the possession of wealth, He does condemn being possessed by wealth. But you see, beloved, in much the same way, when you begin or choose to pursue God, the desire for wealth diminishes. So in one way or the other, you have to decide. When you begin to pursue after God, when you begin to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, the desire and the drive to attain and to have what this world has to offer, it begins to diminish. It becomes less important. It's not a driving force for you anymore. It's not something that makes up decisions for you that helps you decide what you're going to do. No, seeking God first is what makes you decide what you're going to do. That's what Pastor Derek was talking about this morning in finding God's plan for you. Is seeking God first. It's a choice. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 7 says, Every man according as he purposeth in his heart. You see, we purpose what we're going to do. Where we're going to invest. This passage obviously is dealing with money. But you understand that there's a lot more that we have at our disposal to invest in eternity than just money. Than just our, our uh, the most valuable thing we have is our time. Some people's time is more valuable than others in the worldly aspect. Some of you make ten dollars an hour. Some of you make uh, a lot more than that. I was doing a job for somebody one day. It was a simple job. I wasn't going to charge them anything. I was just being a good neighbor. And he said, well, how much do you make an hour? And I said, $100 an hour. And he says, okay. And he handed me a $100 bill. <laughs> and I said, no, I don't want, I don't want your money. I'm just, I'm just joking. I said, I, I, no, I, I don't want to get paid. I just did this to be a friend. And he's like, no, no, I, I want to pay you. So I made 100 bucks that hour. <laughs> I don't know what your hour is worth. But our time is valuable. Yeah. But where are we investing our time? Where is your treasure tonight? What is it that you're trying to lay up treasure? Are you trying to work and attain and lay up treasure here on earth? To get a little bit more here? To have a, a, another zero on your bank account? or I know you've given up on your 401K, so that's a hopeless ambition right there. <laughs> I don't know what your ambitions are, but our ambition ought to be to lay up treasure in heaven. Because this world, everything here is going to burn up. It's going to be gone. It's not going to amount to anything. And as one, one of the Bible scholars, I don't remember who it was, D.L. Moody or R.A. Torrey, you know, he said, "You can't, you can't take it with you, but you can send it ahead. You can send it ahead by investing in eternity with our time and our talent and our treasure." Where's your treasure tonight? Would